speeds up Driving when the sun goes down The hum of 18 wheels Lord, that's a lonely sound I spend all day Chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time start today's program off with a song that's written by Galen Taylor and this is Joe Arview to sing it for you. And you can contact Joe at 618-927-1986 and book him for your church or your Christian event or order one of his great CDs. You'll be glad you did. Here's Joe Arview with Two Ordinary Men. Just two ordinary men, strong hands upon the wheel. Men out living, hauling freight, cattle, grain, and steel. We were cold, hard, and calloused from the years out on the road. While the devil held the wheel, we gave our lives to the Lord. But the sinful lives we chose to live came with. Cost. Sin began to drag us down, our families all but lost. It made one night God spoke to me, said, this is your last call. If you don't turn to Jesus, into hell you fall. Well, I cried out, God, you know I'm weak, I've tried so hard to change. Still would not believe You said I need a sign And if God will show that he is real Then I'd gladly walk that line He drove on through that lonely day His heart was cold as steel And then he saw that sign Out in that Midwest field Jesus' eyes were open wide Blood dripping from his hands 
said this one's for you Come and be God's man We were just two ordinary men Strong hands upon the wheel We made our living hauling freight Cattle, grain and steel We were cold, hard and calloused From the years out on the road Still on the wheel, our nation's freight he hauls. He spreads the gospel through the land, the preacher he is called. Now the other took a different road to that oil patch he was sent, telling men to turn from their sin and hear the Lord repent. We were just two ordinary men, strong hands upon the cross. Standing side by side to bring the gospel to the lost. And we were cold, hard, and calloused from the years out on the road. Now Jesus took the wheel and we gave our lives to the Lord. Friends, and here's another song by Joe Arview for all you truckers out there on that old lonesome road. This is called This Road is Lonely. Here's Joe Arview. <laughs> Searching for someone I swear I don't know who Because there's no one Gonna be like you I gave you my love And this 14-carat ring Set me free, but it don't change a thing. How can I prove my love is true on this road that's lonely? Fourteen carat rain 
Joe Arview with This Road is Lonely. Give him a call. You'll be glad you did. He'd love to hear from you. As I look out the windshield of this big old truck, Lord, I know my safety does not depend on luck. Every turn of the wheel is in your control. You take care of my body, spirit, and soul. Lord, you ride with me down every long highway. You are my protection at work or at play. Thank you, Lord, for taking my life in your hands. You help me face life's challenges like a man. Lord, you give me the strength and courage to tell those who reject you are on the road to hell. Lord, you gave me a wife who is pure and true. Without her love, I just wouldn't know what to do. Through the good times and the bad, she has stood by my side. I'm so much in love with you, Lord, and my bride. Lord, thank you for my daughters and my sons, for the hugs and kisses from their little ones, for those who worship you and strengthen my faith, my church family who comes early and stays late. Thank you for the prayer warriors on bended knees, those who pray each day for truck drivers like me. And Lord, for the lost souls traveling down the highways, bring them home safely to their children at play. Please open their blind eyes so they can see the fountain of blood that flows from Calvary. Lord, thank you for the Holy Spirit's power, which gives me strength to face each earthly hour. Thank you for making this day my very best. And at the end of the day, for giving me rest. Lord, when my earthly travel down here is done, when me and my truck have made our final run, I will go on to your open arms joyful smiles, thanking you for riding with me all those miles. Let it be in the name of Jesus, I plea, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. play one off our Lonesome Road Volume 1. It's called Taking Me Home and this song actually went to number one. This was the McKay Project's very first number one hit song on the charts. A sad old song Windshield whoppers Singing along Take me home Back where I belong Kinda lonely In this cab alone Just me and Jesus Down a lonesome road Music playing On the radio Merle Haggard singing Me back home Thank you. 
for some time Cell phones keep me from losing my mind Lord beside me, he's leading the way Pray and I'll be home today Take me home Back where I belong He's taking me We got the message for you by Chaplain Galen Taylor, and I know you're going to get a lot out of this message right here. Some of you are driving down the road right now, and you don't know if you died today, if you would go to heaven or not. Well, drivers, this one's for you. Listen close to this message, and at the end of this message, you get to make a choice. Here's Chaplain Galen Taylor. Now, I do want to share just a bit of my testimony, but I don't want to make that the entire message tonight because I feel God has given me a message that I want to share. And uh, so I just want to share just a little bit of my testimony before I get into this message because it all ties together. I gave my heart and soul to Jesus Christ in 1979 going down the highway in the cab of a truck. I had uh, been involved in a very ungodly lifestyle for many years. I was not uh, raised in a, in, a, in a church home. My dad was a Christian, saved as a teenager, but really never did anything with that. Uh, and so uh, there was not a lot of Christian upbringing in my home, even though I had godly grandparents that took me to church and at different times. So I had been exposed to the gospel, but never had really been taught the gospel. And in 1979, when my world was literally falling apart, my marriage, my business, everything that was just, just caving in around me, I cried out to God one night and said, God, I just can't live this way anymore. And I turned it all over to you. If you'll accept me just the way I am, I can't change. But if you'll take me just like this, I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And God took me just exactly the way I was, a dirty, rotten, filthy sinner. And I realized later, as I got more into the scriptures, that that's who Jesus died for, was dirty, rotten, filthy sinners. And he went to the cross to pay for my sins. And that night, I was set free of all that burden. And a few, just a few years later, I uh, accepted the call into the ministry. I have been in the ministry now for a little over 25 years. And plan to serve Jesus to the day that I go home. There's no retirement in God's army. It's just been a it's just been one blessing after another. It hasn't always been easy. In 2003, my wife had died, was diagnosed with cancer. She's gone through three bouts of cancer, uh, colon cancer uh, that eventually went to her liver um, and uh, totally new cancer, uh, lung cancer. And we got a report just last week from the doctor that he has uh, pronounced her to be healed. And God has just worked miraculously in her life over the last nine years to, uh, to restore her health. And we just praise him and give him all the glory for that. So that being said, I, I want to, to uh, the scripture I want to use tonight is Acts chapter 16, verses 25 through 33. This was out of doubt one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And Paul is without a doubt one of the greatest heroes of the Bible, in my opinion. The Apostle Paul laid his life down for Christ time after time. And here Paul and Silas are in the jail in Philippi. They have been 
thrown into the dungeon for one reason, and that's for preaching the gospel. Uh, my friend Tony Mack, I know you've had Tony Mack on the program before, he, he uses the example of Paul being like the friend that you don't want in a car with you when police stops you because he just won't shut up. And that's the way Paul was. Paul just wouldn't shut up about Jesus. He just wouldn't shut up about the gospel. And uh, it seemed like he was always in trouble because of that. But he didn't let that hold him back. He continued to share the gospel everywhere he went. And so Paul and Silas have been arrested for, for preaching the gospel. They've been thrown into the, to the prison. They've been put in shackles. They've been chained. And they're there with many more prisoners. And at midnight, Paul looks over to Silas and says, Silas, let's pray and sing. And I want us to think about what we would do in that situation. If, if you were Silas, and Paul looked over and said, Silas, let's pray. Let's sing. Let's pray and sing praises to, to God. How would you respond? I had to wonder how would I respond. Would I be saying, I don't want to pray. I don't want to sing praises. You got us in this mess, Paul. Here we've, we've been out doing God's work. We've been doing everything right. And continuously we seem to be in trouble for it. Continuously we seem to be thrown into jail. We were beaten. We're, we're whipped. We're, we're just treated terribly. I don't want to pray and sing. But that wasn't the case here. Paul and Silas began to pray and sing and praise God. And it says that at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And that's what's important here. They weren't just doing it for their benefit. They were doing it for the benefit of others. They were suffering for the benefit of others. And these prisoners that no doubt were hardened criminals, many of them, probably most of them, deserved to be where they were, yet they were hearing these two men that they had heard about. They would heard about Paul and Silas. These were preachers. These men hadn't, they weren't criminals. They hadn't done anything wrong, but they had been thrown into prison, but they weren't complaining. They were praising God. And verse 26 says, Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosened. And the keeper of the prison, waking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, drew out his sword and would kill himself, supposing the prisoners had fled. Now, I was in prison ministry for many years, and my experience is that in most cases, you give a prisoner an opportunity to escape, large majority of them will take that opportunity, and they will run. And no doubt these men, under any other circumstance, would have done just that. When the doors opened and the bands fell from their hands and feet, they would have been gone. They would have ran like scared rabbits, but they didn't. They stayed. They so there was a reason for that. What was holding these men here? What what was keeping them from running? And there's many ways we could say, well, the Holy Spirit held them there, and I, I do believe that's true, but I, I want to look a little deeper into that. But Paul cried out, verse 28, Paul, Paul cried out in a loud voice saying, Do thyself no harm, we are still here. These men were still here because there was something going on that they wanted to be a part of. These prisoners realized there's something going on here that we're not going, we don't want to leave. We want to stay and see what's happening. Here's God's men. They're praising God. They've been beaten and, and flogged, and they're in terrible physical condition, yet they're praising God. And all at once, God sends an earthquake, and everything opens, and the shackles fall off. We want to see what's going to happen next. We want to be a part of this. We have to make people want to be a part of the Christian life. You know, if we go around, if Christians go around looking and acting like everyone else, if we go around with a frown on our face and griping and complaining about everything that takes place, how are we any different from the rest of the world? How are people going to look at us and say, well, I don't want to be like them. They're not any better off than I am. They're griping, complaining just like I am. They claim to be Christians. They claim to have the Holy Spirit within them. They claim to have the power of God, yet they don't act any different than I do. These men in this prison saw something different in Paul and Silas. Folks, when, when we come to know Jesus Christ, People have to see a difference. Back to my testimony, I know just shortly after I was saved, uh, people you know that I had known for years started saying he he won't last six months. He'll be back on the drugs in six months. He'll be back doing the same thing he did in six months. 
Well, I had to show them that things had changed. I had to show my wife that things had changed. I had to show my family that I was not the man I was before. They had to see a change in me to understand the power of Jesus. And verse 29 says that he called for a light and sprang up and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? That's the big question right there. What must I do to be saved? You see, not only did these prisoners see something taking place, but this guard realized this does not happen. These prisoners should have all escaped. And I'm going to be held responsible, so I'm going to take my own life. But he said it didn't happen. Something is different about these men. Believe me, he had seen a difference in Paul and Silas when he came when they came into that jail. Now it tells us in verse 27 that he was that he was asleep. He had all the prisoners secured. He was quite sure they were going to be good for the night, and he settled down to rest. But you see, when Paul and Silas began to sing. The other prisoners weren't asleep. They were listening. And so now when this, this guard wakes up, realizes they're all still here, he comes to Paul and Silas. The man that he is supposed to be guarding, the man that, that are to be considered trash under his feet, now he's coming to them and he says, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And verse 31, And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. You see, when Jesus changes a man's heart or changes a woman's heart, it, it's not just a singular act. It's spread out to their families. It's spread out to their friends. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. I have three grown sons who are now married with families of their own, eight beautiful grandchildren. And I look back and think, if I hadn't accepted Jesus Christ that night going down that highway, what would have happened? Because you see, there's something took place that night that I can't explain. I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit, that inner voice within me. I didn't realize that the Scripture said that there comes a time when God will no longer come to us when we rejected him for the last time. And I had reached that point. And God loved me enough that night that the Holy Spirit spoke to me very clearly and told me, you have rejected me for the last time. If you reject me tonight, I will never come to you again. I shudder to think what would happen to my children should that night I had rejected Jesus Christ that they had not been raised in a Christian home. They hadn't been to church and heard the gospel and hadn't been taught the ways of God. Because you see how mom and dad go is how the children usually go. And this man not only was saved, but he took Paul and Silas home with him. And it said that, verse 32, And they spake unto him the word of the Lord, and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night, washed their stripes, was baptized, and he and all his straightway. His entire family was saved that night because he was willing to listen to what God's men had to say. We have such an influence on people, good or bad. Whatever our life is, when I was living in the world, when I was doing drugs and, and doing the things of, uh, of the world, then I was influencing people. I was leading people away from God. I was instrumental, no doubt, in drawing people to the point that I have to realize there's probably people in hell today because I drew them away from God. But even that is forgiving. Even that was forgiven when I accepted Jesus Christ. But my goal now is to draw people to Christ. And through the way that I live is the way that I do that. As I shared uh, with uh, Brother Danny and Brother Bill earlier before the program, I was involved in a very serious truck accident March 23rd of this year. A horrific accident that, that I should not have walked away from. There was There's no explanation except that God's hand was in it. 
I was hauling 8,600 gallons of gasoline. I, I was involved in a three-truck pileup. I went 10 feet up into a flatbed that was in front of me. Uh, my truck was completely cut in half. Everything to the right of my right leg was completely gone. Uh, the engine and transmission were knocked completely out of the truck. Not a drop of gasoline was lost. When the truck stopped, I literally opened the door of what was left of the cab and stepped out and walked away. I had some injuries. I've uh, been off work for three months recovering from that. But even through that, God has been glorified. And the Apostle Paul again says in Philippians chapter 1, verses 21 through 25, I want to read four verses. Uh, I've read this so many times uh, over the years, but it means so much to me now because I'm going to share just a few minutes of the rest of my testimony. But I want to read these verses to you. For, to, for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is a fruit of my labor. Yet what shall I choose, what not? For I am in a strait fixed between having desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better, nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful to you. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you for all your furtherance and joy of faith. In the midst of that accident, I came to the realization that I was probably going to die. I can't explain it. It was a horrific accident. The, uh, the truck was being totally torn apart. The, the noise was indescribable. And I felt the truck start to roll. And at that point, I remember saying to myself, I don't remember if it was out loud, but I remember very clearly saying it, well, God, this is how it ends. And when I made that, that statement, everything became totally quiet. There was no sound. This all happened within a matter of seconds, but it seemed much longer. Everything went totally quiet, and I felt a total peace of Christ's arms around me. I was ready to step right into heaven. And then in just another few seconds, I realized that I was not going to die in the crash, and I had to get out because the truck was on fire. But I, as I read this scripture now, it means so much more to me because in a sense, I'm almost sad that I didn't die in that, in that crash because I was so close to, be, to being in heaven. And as a Christian, that's nothing to fear. That's only something to look forward to. And I believe that God gave me just a little glimpse of, of, of that peace of what heaven's going to be like that, that afternoon. And as Paul says here, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Because you see, as a Christian, if I had lost my life in that accident and stepped into heaven, I would actually have gained. I would have been in the presence of God, where we're all seeking to be. But it says in verse 22, But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor, yet I shall choose what not. For I am straight betwixt to having desire to depart, to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful to you. You see, I've come to realize since that accident that the reason I'm here is because God has a purpose for me being here. Things don't just happen. There's a reason. And because of uh, that accident, I have become more aware of just how important my life is and that God has set me aside and saved me from that accident for a purpose and that is to share the gospel with anyone who will listen. And this, this radio program, is uh, there's, there's no telling how many people that are going to hear this message tonight. Well, it's not me that, they're, that they need to listen to. I'm just a messenger. I'm just a vessel that God has used to, to bring this message tonight. I give him all the praise and all the glory for anything that good that comes of this. But he has to have vessels. He has to have messengers. He has to have us to share the word with others. And this scripture now, just it just uh, it means so much to me to know that if I live another five years, if I live another 25 years, 
that my job is to spread the gospel. That's my purpose for being here. And my question to you tonight, whether you're driving down the road in a truck, whether you're you're sitting home listening to this on the phone, uh, maybe you're a teenager and your parents have it on speakerphone, you're listening to it. My question to you is this. Are you ready to meet Jesus? The peace that I experienced in the middle of that accident only comes from Jesus Christ. He saved me from that accident for a reason. But what if you had been involved in an accident like that and you didn't survive? What if you were in a car crash? What if you uh, just suddenly had a heart attack? You know, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. We're not guaranteed our next breath. Life can end within seconds. Are you ready? Do you know that you have that peace of knowing that when that last breath is taken that you're going to step right into heaven, right into the presence of God? Because the Bible tells us we're going to spend eternity somewhere. It's either going to be in heaven or it's going to be in hell. There's no in-between. There's no purgatory that we're going to go to and someone can pray us out of. It's either heaven or hell. You get off on one side of the fence or the other. So my question to you is this. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Do you know for sure that you're saved? Is there any doubt in your mind? 1 John 5.13 says that we can know for sure that we're saved. We don't have to wonder. We don't have to question it. We can know for sure. The Bible tells us that we're all sinners, that we all fall short of the glory of God, that none of us deserve heaven, that none of any of us can, can be good enough to get into heaven. Ephesians 2.8 and 9 says, By grace are you saved through faith. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. There's nothing we can do that hasn't already been done on the cross. But see, Jesus hung on that cross as a sacrifice for you and me. It's an offering for us. And an offering is just that. An offering is only an offering until it's accepted. Then it becomes a gift. If I were to give you a Christmas present and come to your house and bring it to your door and said, Here, I have this gift for you. I have this offering for you. And you tell me, I don't want it then it wouldn't be a gift because it had not been accepted. So Jesus is an offering. He hung on the cross as an offering for our sins. And he says, now, all you have to do is accept it. It becomes a gift, a gift to eternal life. Are you ready to accept that gift? Are you ready to confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? The Bible tells us that Jesus came off that cross. He was brought down from that cross and placed in a tomb. And he was in that tomb for three days. And at the end of three days... The stone was rolled away, not to allow Jesus to come out, but to show the world that he was no longer there. He rose again, just as the scripture said. And now he's ascended to heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father to intercede for you and me. Do you know this Jesus is your Lord and Savior? If, if you would like to accept him tonight, I'm going to lead you in a very simple prayer. You have to remember that these words won't save you. There's nothing in these words that have any saving power. It's all in faith. It's all in the believing in your heart that Jesus died on the cross and went to the grave after three days rose again. And it's about repenting of our sins, turning away from our sinful life, turning away from our sinful ways, and turning to Jesus. If you'd like to accept Jesus Christ tonight, would you repeat this simple prayer after me? Father God, I know I'm a sinner. I know that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe that after three days, you rose from the grave. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Jesus, I ask that you come into my heart and save me. In Jesus' name, amen. I thought that number one would surely be and I thought I could be just what I wanted to be. I thought I could build a life-saving thing, but I can't even walk 
without you holding my hand. I thought I could do a I thought of myself as a mighty big man, but I can't even walk without you holding my hand. Lord, I can't even walk. Without you holding my hand, the mountains too high and the valleys too wide. Down on my knees, I learned to stand because I can't. Make Jesus my own, and from now on, when I'm in trouble, on Him I'll call. And if I don't trust Him, I'd be less than a man because I can't. Without you holding my hand, Lord, I can't even walk without you holding my hand. The mountains too high and the drivers, well friends, did you pray that prayer with Chaplain Galen Taylor? If you did, we want to hear from you. We want you to give us a call here at 618-383-2107. We want to hear from you. If you prayed that prayer, if you asked Jesus Christ into your life, then we want to be able to send you more CDs to listen to, to strengthen you. We'll send you a Bible, whatever you need to help you with your walk with Christ. You know, I was coming across Arkansas just a while ago. I'd been out west for a week or so. I just came through Little Rock and I was making real good time. I came up on the back of this Dallas Memphis mail truck. Apparently the driver saw the cross in my grill. He picked up his mic and he said, well, pass the plate and pay the lady. You know, it just run all over me. I could feel the hair raise up on the back of my neck. I picked up my microphone and I said, Driver, I think it's a dirty, rotten shame that you compare what Jesus Christ did on the cross for what somebody else might have done. The radio was kind of quiet, but God was keeping a clear channel. 
In a couple minutes, he came back to me. He said, Preacher, is it real? I said, Yes, driver, it's real. But I still didn't want to talk to him. I was kind of upset with him about the way he talked about the cross and what Christ had done for me. A couple minutes went by and he came back again. He said, Preacher, how do you know it's real? I said, Driver, I used to leave home with a fifth of vodka sitting between my legs, a bottle of speed upon the dash, two cartons of cigarettes to make sure I didn't run out from truck stop to truck stop. Wasn't hardly anything I wouldn't do or say. But you know, when Jesus Christ came into my life, I never needed none of that no more. A couple minutes went by, he said, Preacher, would you pull over and pray with me? I want to be saved. I said, yes, driver, I will. You got to pray from your heart and not your head. You got to mean what you say. I met him at the back of my truck and we began to pray. I know my brother accepted Jesus that day and before too long, we were back in our trucks and on the road again. I went back to him on the microphone and I said, driver, how do you feel? He said, with every mile that I drive, I feel that much better. I said, driver, if I never see you on this earth again, I will see you in heaven. God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, friends, I hope you enjoyed that. And now we got another song for all you truckers out there. This this CD here is geared for the truck drivers. Uh, we got a lot of trucking songs on here. And we hope you drivers out there will enjoy this. And then we ask you to do one thing, and that's share it with another driver. Pass it on and help someone else out there on the highway by blessing them with this CD. This is a song called Back Before CB Radios. And... I wrote this with the help of my good friend Bob Hartzell down in North Carolina, and this is Bob Hartzell to sing it for you. Back before CB radios. Back when 700 miles a day was only a truck driver's dream. Interstate highway was the future Truck stops were few And far between We listened to the motor scream And the gentle hum of eighteen wheels of rolling Beneath your feet The only thing I looked forward to Was a hot shower and a meal And to get some sleep Back before CB radios Driving through the night with no one else to talk to But the man up in the stars above your head An old worn out suitcase was your pillow A board behind the seat was your bed You'd wait before the sunrise in the morning To begin a brand new day To listen to the motor scream And the gentle hum of eighteen wheels of rolling Beneath your feet Back before CB radio From an old beat of thermos Sweat rolling down your brow Another day of chasing that same lonely road Just to carry that old heavy load You'd fight the summer heat and old man went to snow Final destination God only knows Listen to the 
motor screaming a gentle hum of eighteen wheels are rolling beneath your feet. The only thing I looked forward to was a hot shower and a meal, then to get some sleep. Invite the summer heat and old man went to snow, final destination. God only knows back before CB radios. All right, friends, we got time for one more song, and this is called On the Road. Friends, if you prayed and asked Jesus Christ into your heart, then we want you to give us a call. Our phone number is 618-383-2107, and we're going to end today's program 
like we end most of our programs. That's with my testimony in song that I wrote with the help of my songwriting partner, Tom Caldwell. And now we've got a new songwriting partner, Dennis McKay, and he has helped us with this song and brought it up to a new level. Here's Dennis McKay with At the Foot of the Tree off of our brand new CD, Lonesome Road, Volume 1. And yes, you'll be able to get a copy of this CD by calling us, 618-383-2107. Here's Dennis McKay with At the Foot of the Tree. Lost without hope Eighteen wheels of lonesome At the end of the road In my hand was a track The preacher had read His words still echoing In the back of my head I felt so ashamed When I thought of my past I called his name This chance would it be my last Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Those 18 wheels are rolling that old lonesome road and I shared the good news wherever I go yes there's been a change I'm not the man I used to be and I tell everybody what's happened to me how I felt so ashamed when I thought of my past but I called his name This chance Could it be my last Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree And I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus Foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I'd been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree 